my God is awesome. Oh, he's a wonder-working God. Before you're seated, just tell your neighbor, he is a miracle-working God. And tell your other neighbor, the one that's ignoring you, he's a wonder-working God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, I flew 3,000 miles just to deliver this word. Got here at midnight yesterday, and here we are this morning to deliver this word. To all of our online audience, this is for you. To our audience in Los Angeles and Sacramento, this is for you. To Pastor Jeff Carter, this is for you. He likes when I call him out individually like that. It's just great. We're, we've, been we've been preaching on the Holy Hippie series, The Life of Samson. Today's title is really theologically profound, deep, very serious. Today's title is Righteous Rogaine. The hair will always grow back. Judges chapter 16. I debate it because like 20 years ago, I would tell you, you know, reference, I'll give you one verse and then you all take care of the rest. But because I'm cognizant of the fact, not this church, but the world collectively and even in America, Christianity, because we're no longer as biblically literate as we used to be, I am compelled to have to read like this passage in its entirety. <clears throat> and because again, the assumption that you know the story, like David and Goliath, if you tell a four-year-old kid right now, David and Goliath, back in my generation, if they, they would say, they got, they, they, even in older generations, my parents' generations, everyone would know, even those that were not church, about the, you know, the, the boy who defeated the giant. You ask a four-year-old kid now, David and Goliath, they're like, what? So I have to judge this chapter 16, the story of Samson and Delilah. Verse 4. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. Sorry. Who lived in the valley of Sorek. That should have been the background song. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said this. Watch this. Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up. Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. But the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings and she tied Samson up. She had hidden some of the men in some of the inner rooms of her house and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burnt by fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterward, Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied up with brand new ropes from Home Depot or Lowe's <clears throat> that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied them up with them. So Delilah took new ropes and tied up Samson. Well, I guess they were into that kind of thing. <clears throat> Pretty awkward. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. The men were hiding in the inner room as before. And Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from the arms as if they were thread. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of hair, of my hair into the fabric of your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I would become as, as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened them up 
Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. Same modus operandi. Samson woke up, pulled back, yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Delilah then pouted, how can you tell me you love me? Coercion. <clears throat> Coercion. Coercion. If you're in a relationship and you're not married, if you're dating someone and the person saying, you have to prove to me you love me, bye. That's the first sign that you're going to end up tied up. Wait, I came out wrong. That, that may be enticing to some of you. Wait a minute. By tied up, I mean, you know, the other tied up. Everybody over 70 going, what does he mean by tied up? Don't ask. So th there it is. This is the verse that really gets to me. You don't love me. You don't love me. You've made fun of me. You don't love me. Verse 16 is like the classic verse. She tormented him with her nagging. There are so many jokes here. And I am refraining. Because men, I, I'm going to stop. You can't do it. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. And Samson is the only man to ever have suffered that reality. Woo. Finally, he said, I'm glad my wife is not here right now. Woo, it's a good day. Finally, Samson shared his, this is the part, tragic. Finally, Samson shared a secret of her. My hair has never been cut. I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He gave her the secret sauce. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers, come back one more time. He has finally told me the secret. Delilah lured Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. She began to bring him down, and his strength lengthened. Then she cried out, Samson, you know the rest. When he woke up, he thought he had the same strength we had before, but he didn't. He did not realize. One of the saddest verses says this, verse 20. But he did not realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes, literally took his eyeballs out. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with browns, with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. In verse 22, one of the most beautiful verses. Take that call from me, please tell him I'm busy. But before long, his hair began to grow back. This is a story of a man strengthened by God's favor and weakened by carnal frailties. A story of a man with physical strength and spiritual weaknesses. A man with prophetic authority and pathetic attractions. A man with a covenant but without conviction. A man who had no problem overcoming the external devils but had great difficulty in defeating his internal demons. A man who was vertically super and horizontally way too natural. This is the story of Samson the holy hippie. Number one, regarding this passage today, if you're taking any notes, good luck with that. Number one, do not share your secret to Delilah. 
Delilah wants your secret. She pouted. She nagged and nagged and nagged until he acquiesced. Delilah wants your secrets. The enemy of your purpose wants your secrets. Satan wants your secrets. By the way, what does this tell us? The first thing it tells us is hell does not know everything. Hell cannot understand nor can hell explain how Samson made it and how you made it this far. Hell is trying, Delilah, the spirit of Delilah still lives. Hell is trying to figure you out. Hell wanted to know the secret of how Samson made it that far. Imagine the conversation the powers of darkness had right about this time regarding Samson. Imagine that. Imagine the executive committee of darkness, of hell. That it's the spirit that filled Delilah and the Philistines. Imagine their conversation. We sent a lion to devour him, and it did not work. We sent the Philistines to ambush him. It did not work. We convinced his own brothers, his family, the Israelites, to hold them captive, Judges chapter 15, and it did not work. What's his secret? Why does he always come out of it? Where does he get his power from? Do you know why the enemies of your destiny want to know your secret? Because they do not know everything. And I want you to hear me. We sometimes act like the devil is all-powerful. No, he's not. We sometimes act like Satan is all-knowing. No, he's not. We sometimes act like Beelzebub is present everywhere. No, he's not. There's only one. There's only one being that is omnipotent. There's only one being that is omniscient. There's only one being that is omnipresent. Does anyone here know who I'm talking about? I want to remind, I feel the Lord. I want to remind you in this broken world, our God is omnipotent. Our God is omniscient. Our God is omnipresent. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Our God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. If you believe it, praise like he has all the power. Somebody lift up your hands like he's all-knowing. Open up your mouth like he's present everywhere. He's even present right now with your children and your children's children. He's present with your loved ones, those that are here and those that are not here. That's the first thing we discovered. That if they're looking for the secret, they don't know the secret. Because hell doesn't know everything. That's why it's important. Ooh, I don't want to get in trouble here. But you have to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth, if it lands in the wrong hands, it can bind you. What comes out of your mouth in the wrong hands can hold your future captive. This is why your process of what you go through, it has to be very trustworthy individuals that God really brings in. Your process should be private. The outcome should be public. You don't have to tell everybody every detail of everything you went through. No, no, no. I get this whole idea of being vulnerable, especially for millennials and Generation Z. The subject matter of constant vulnerability, which is a beautiful thing if it's contextualized with Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Because vulnerability, vulnerability, I'm going to repeat this for the one millionth time. Vulnerability on social media will hold you captive. Vulnerability with the wrong people will hold you captive. Vulnerability in the presence of God leads to victory. Vulnerability in the presence of the wrong people leads to captivity. So you need to be careful 
who you're vulnerable with. Don't share your drama with everyone. It has to be holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring people. People that'll pray you out. Are you with me right now? People that'll pray you through. If they're not anointed, don't tell them. I'm going to repeat this and we put it on, on, on our social media platforms. It went viral. I'm going to repeat it for the third time on this stage. But do not grant everyone access to your prayers. Do not grant everyone access to your dreams, to your wounds, to your conversations with God. Amen. Psalm 141 verse 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. James 1 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not have control of his tongue, he deceives his heart. His religion is worthless. Are there any questions? Number two, failure is a process and not a moment. No one suddenly fails. Oh, Pastor Sam, that's not true. I was living holy, righteous, perfect. I was so... And then all of a sudden, this Victoria's Secret model showed up. And I just couldn't control myself. No, that's not the way it works. Because if you're living in the presence of God, if you're living a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life, if you're in the spirit of God, when that Victoria's Secret model, whatever your fancy may be, when that, when that thing pops up, that temptation pops up, you don't go to, you... Get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. There is no such thing as a sudden failure. There may be an act that exposes and amplifies the failing process, but failure is a process and not a moment. From the first time that Eve entertained the conversation to today, failure like success does not happen overnight. It takes a process. Here it is. The lion couldn't defeat Samson. The Philistines couldn't defeat Samson. The Hebrew brothers couldn't defeat Samson. Samson defeated Samson. Samson was Samson's worst enemy. Pastor Sam, it was Delilah. No, it was Samson. I'll prove it. Go back one chapter, Judges 15. The Bible says he defeated a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Verse 15, Judges 15. He picked it up and killed a thousand Philistines. Then when he killed them, Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them up in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. He started to sing. I'm not making this up. Read it. He literally wrote a song about himself. Oh, boy. When he, and then the Bible says, verse 17, when he finished his boasting, he threw away the jawbone. He literally did something great. And he bragged about himself. He wrote a song to himself. He sang his own song. And you can tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Wow. He, he boasted and wrote his own song. The moment you write your own song, toot your own horn, you are without a doubt on a Dartmoor spiral. Sam, Samson can possibly be described if we are to analyze him from a psychoanalytic perspective, an Old Testament narcissist. Here it is. Samson was Samson's worst enemy. Not Delilah. He walked in the vineyards. He slept with prostitutes. He touched dead animals. 
He bragged about his triumphs. And he sealed his own coffin when he fell in love with Delilah. Jesus is your greatest blessing, but you are your worst enemy. The moment you realize that your past cannot stop you, that hell cannot stop you, the people around you cannot stop you, the moment you realize that the only thing that can stop you is you, then nothing will be able to stop you. And you're saying, but Pastor Sam, so, so the devil can't stop me, and the, the past can't stop me, my old sins have been forgiven, they can't stop me, so the only one that can stop me is the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror? The answer is yes. So that means that I'm, I am my issue? I even have great news about the you that can stop you. What do you mean? There's a biblical prescription to make certain that you can never stop you. I'm going to give it to you right now. If you're ready right now, something else, here it is. When you are crucified with Christ, and nevertheless you live, Galatians 2.20, when you are baptized with Christ unto death, Romans 6.3, when you are hidden in Jesus, Colossians 3.3, when you abide in him and he abides in you, John 15.7, then you no longer have to worry about you being your worst enemy because you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you. If you got that, raise your hand. Number three, you are anointed from the outside in. Nah, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. That was Samson. You are New Testament covenant grace-filled outcomes of what Jesus did. So you and I are not anointed from the outside in. You are anointed from the inside out. I'll prove it. He shared his secret. He said, my hair has never been cut. In the old covenant, then do, 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 chop, 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 super cuts, bam, it's over. In the old covenant, before Jesus died on the cross, the spirit fell and the law established the parameters by which strength and favor stood revealed. In other words, Samson's strength came via the conduit of what he did. If he did not cut his hair or did not drink wine, he would have supernatural strength. His strength was directly proportional to his actions. What he did or did not do determined his anointing. His actions determined his anointing. His actions determined his anointing. His actions determined his anointing. Which meant if the devil discovers the source of your strength, he can bring you down. But in the new covenant, under Jesus, when he died, when he shed his blood, when he said, it is finished, then he resurrected, he ascended, and sent the Holy Spirit. I'm about to preach now. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, whoo, our strength is not based on what we do. Our strength is based on what he did. You're not strong because of what you do. You are strong because of who he is. If he is the Lord of your life, if he is the Savior of your life, if he is the deliverer and the healer of your life, nothing can take away your anointing. My actions do not determine my anointing. It's my anointing that determines my actions. If you get this, raise your hand. So breaking news. Don't freak out. The devil already knows the source of your strength. Delilah knows about your secret sauce. The devil already knows where your strength comes from. I want you to know that. And guess what? He can't do anything about it. Let me prove it. 
Jesus came so that never again the devil can take away your strength, your joy, your anointing, and your promise. He created a way by which the strength stems not from an external action, but rather through an internal truth. He placed the source of your strength not in your hair, not in your eyes, not in your mouth, not even in your personality and charisma, but in the only place the devil cannot reach. The source of your strength is in a place. Ooh, I'm, I wish I could illustrate this, but I don't know how to... Like, this. This is what Jesus did. I got a way. We got a formula. What happened to Samson cannot happen to them. So I'm going to put the strength. I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the strength. Mm. Okay. What's, who's the only person, the only being, the only entity the enemy cannot defeat ever, ever, ever? Jesus. Uh-huh. So Jesus goes up and says, I'm going to send my spirit, the spirit, the invisible Jesus. I'm going to send the invisible Jesus to fill my children if they're washed by the book if they're i'm gonna put my, my all of my strength will be in the invisible jesus the spirit of jesus all i gotta do is fill my children with the invisible jesus with the spirit of jesus so if you have the holy spirit if you have the holy ghost that that's where your strength is at it's not in your hair it's not in your eyes it's not in your bank of america account it's not in wells fargo it's not in facebook it's not in your followers it's not even in your relationships your strength is in the spirit of the living god that lives inside of you if you have that spirit praise like you have that spirit no, no, no. If you have that spirit, lift up your hands and say, I have the spirit. Let the weak say, I am. The enemy does not have. You, somebody lift up your hand. Repeat after me. You can cut off my hair, but you can't take away my anointing. You can lie about me, but you can't take away my anointing. You can post about me, but you can't touch my strength. You can cheat on me, but you can't touch my strength because my strength, my strength is in the spirit of the Lord that lives inside of me. First John 2, 27. If you gave, you're getting this, raise your hand. We're landing this. Now let the weak say, I am what? Lift up your hands if you have that strength. So guess what? The devil knows where your strength comes from. And, be, and, and he can't do anything about it. Because he tried 2,000 years ago. And he already failed. Christ flipped the script. I'm preaching now. You're not Samson. Your strength is not in your hair. Your strength is in Jesus that lives inside of you. You are in Jesus. Jesus is in you. Therefore, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Therefore, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Therefore, the battle is mine, saith the Lord. Therefore, the anointing it's not in the length of my hair. The anointing is in the size of my God. And I serve an awesome God. Just like Samson, you and I are anointed. You and I have supernatural strength. We are anointed from the... We, 
from the inside out, not from the outside in. Do you want to know the secret of my strength? 2 Corinthians 12. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, the opposite of Samson, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So I delight, Paul writing with the Holy Spirit here, says, amazing. He says, I delight in weaknesses, in insults. Go ahead. Insult me. Lie about me. In hardships. In persecutions and difficulties. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me. Your strength is in Jesus. As long as Jesus lives, you will be strong. It's not about, my strength is not in my hair. My strength lies in he who dwells in my heart. Let's, let's land this right now. Don't nap on Delilah's lap. He shares the secret and then he goes to sleep. How many times have you heard it preached? And when Delilah cut Samson's hair, Delilah never cut his hair. She didn't. She never cut his hair. All she did was put him to sleep. It was a nameless Philistine who came in there and did the damage. The spirit of Delilah is not the spirit that cuts off your anointing and cuts off your purpose. The spirit of Delilah is the spirit that compels you to find rest in the wrong place. When you're exhausted, when you're weak, when you're tired, when you go through hell, the devil wants to take advantage of your weakness and your vulnerability. So he tries to compel you and convince you to find rest in the wrong place. Delilah's lap is the devil's modus operandi. Sleep here. Delilah will never cut your hair. It will be a nameless reality. Someone no one ever knows. Something you weren't even waiting for will cut off the hair. All Delilah wants you to do is go ahead and rest, rest, rest. I'm here to tell I'm here to tell you we rebuke the spirit of Delilah. When we are tired, when we are weak, we will not rest on Delilah's lap. We will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. Lift up your hands. We're done. The spirit of Delilah is a spirit that makes you rest in the wrong place. Making you vulnerable to a nameless assault. She never cut his hair. She never shaved his locks. It was a nameless Philistine. Where are you resting? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when we're weak, when we're tired, when we're exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, that's when the enemy says, Delilah. Devil says, Delilah. Send Delilah their way. If they can rest, 
Did Samson sleep? Oh yeah. He slept. He slept in the wrong place. If you're getting this, raise your hand. Don't rest in the wrong place. Don't find comfort in the wrong place. If you're getting this, raise your hands. Stand with me. Not only does the enemy want to exploit your weakness, he wants to take advantage when you are spiritually tired, exhausted, and vulnerable. Here's a life lesson. Never place your head on Delilah's lap. Don't fall asleep. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 through 6. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. Therefore, do not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. We have too many Christ followers falling asleep on the Lila's lap. We have too many people falling asleep on the Lila's lap. In the comfort, we're, we're trying to rest in the comfort and the security of this false apparatus created by the enemy for the purpose of weakening us. Romans 13, 11 says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up. Wake up for salvation is near to us now. That when we first believe, wake up, get off the lap, wake up, get up. If you're getting this, raise your hand. I wish I had time to illustrate this. We got to wrap up here, but I wish I could show you this. The, the moment he woke up, I would love to, to have been there just as even as a pastor, as a producer, just to capture the imagery of Samson, she did it again. Hey, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you after they cut off his hair. One of the saddest verses, it says, and he attempted to do what he always did, not realizing the Lord had left. The Lord left him and he didn't even know it. I just want to publicly thank God that grace is greater than the law. Because while the law provided space for God's spirit to depart, the grace of Jesus, according to Hebrews, compels him to stand with us until the ends of the earth. Hebrews 13, 5 said, I will never, nor... How many are grateful that we're living under the blood covenant of Jesus? Woo! Yes. How many know here that there were times that the Lord should have left you, but he didn't? Come on. How many here are grateful? You know there were times. How many all made, you made God promises, and then you made promises, and you broke the promises, and you broke the promises, and instead of God leaving you, he held you tighter, he grabbed you closer, and he said, I promise I will never leave you. How many are grateful that the blood of Jesus covers you and protects you? All right. Everybody standing with me. Verse 22. But before long, his hair began to grow what? I'm going to repeat this. Before long, his hair began to? One more time. Before long, his hair began to? I want you to know that God never gives up on you. God. No, no, you missed it. God, God never gives up on you. God. No, no, no. You, you're getting, you're, you're, God never gives up on you. Even, even when you give up on God, God never gives up on you. 
Even when you gave up on yourself, God never gives up on you. Even when your loved ones gave up on you, God never gave up on you. How about this? Did God know that Samson would mess up? Is God privy to the times? Did he already know that you were going to mess up before you messed up? Did God know that Delilah would entice him? Did God know the Philistines would capture him? With all he knew, God still made certain that Samson's hair would what? Ah. What was God thinking when the Philistines shaved Samson's head? I'm going to give you something. Ready for this? Oh, boy. Calm down, Samuel. Calm down. What was God? Can you imagine when the Philistines were cutting off the hair? We're defeating the number one. We're defeating the Samson. We're defeating God's messenger. We're defeating God's agent. We're defeating God's man. We're defeating. Except that they, 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 they didn't have access to what to be written one day. But Luke chapter 12 verse 7. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered by almighty God. In other words, hey Samson, you're going to go through a season, but I got you. If I made them grow in the first place, I can make them grow again. I'm here to tell you, your hair will grow back. When God starts something in your life, when God starts something in your life, not even your own failures can deter him from growing the hair back. What the devil cuts off, God will grow back. God has the final word. He won't let the devil win even when you screw up. If through the law he restored Samson, imagine how much more he will do under grace. Oh, Ephesians 1 says this. And now you have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. It's the Holy Spirit that guarantees that we will get back. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that we will make it. Not for your sake, but because God paid too much of a price for you. Proverbs 24, 16. Though the righteous fall seven times, he will still get up. Woo. Micah 7, 8 says, don't rejoice over me, enemies. Hey, enemies, you're looking at me now. Don't rejoice over me because when I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Raise your right hand. Whatever the devil cut off, whatever you permitted the enemy to cut off, it will grow back. Whatever the enemy did or what you did to yourself, it will grow back. I just got a word. Before this year is over, everything the enemy cut off will grow back. This is the year to get back up. This is the year of the comeback. This is the year to get it all back. If you believe it, raise your hand. I have a great friend of mine, mine named Donnie McClurkin, who has been here. Donnie wrote a song one time after he personally suffered a, a moral crisis. Donnie, Donnie did a Samson. And when he was thinking that God had left him, Spirit of God just hit him and said, no, no, I haven't left you. Of course, I don't approve of what you did. 
that's what forgiveness is for and repentance. If you confess your sins and repent. Yes. And then so Donnie wrote a song says, We fall down. But we get up. We fall down. But we get up. We fall down. But we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. Somebody lift up your hands. So I'm going to speak to every Samson here who's been there. I want to speak to every Samson in this audience, male or female. Every Samson who has ever placed your head on the wrong lap. For every person here who has ever rested on their own strength, on the trust of others. Delilah never cut your hair. It was a nameless reality. Delilah is the spirit that entices you to rest in the wrong place. That's you. If something has been cut off, under this anointing in the name of Jesus with your hands raised, how about your children and your children's children? I, I sense the Holy Spirit. We're about to see the hair grow back. You're about to see the hair grow back. Hey, hey, hey. You're about to see the hair grow back. You're about to see the, I sense the Lord. You're about to see the hair grow back. It's growing back. It's coming back. It's growing back. It's coming back. I sense the Holy Spirit I, right now as I speak. It's growing back. It's coming back. Your joy is coming back. Your strength is coming back. Integrity is coming back. The character is coming back. Righteousness is coming back. Faith is coming back. Hope is coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Father, seal this right now in every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, oh God, today, by the power of your strength and your might, we decree, we declare, we believe you for it. Come in agreement with the Holy Spirit and with everyone here in alignment of your word that this is the season of the comeback. This is the season where everything that was cut off will grow back. This is the season of the turnaround right now. No matter what Delilah did, no matter what the Philistines did, and more importantly, no matter what we did to ourselves, it will grow back. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we believe you right now. If you believe it for you and your loved ones, give God the best shout of praise you've given him thus far. High five your neighbor. Tell him it will grow back. Tell him it will grow back. Tell him praise like it will grow back. Shout like it will grow back. Worship like it will grow back. Rejoice like it will grow back. Celebrate like it will grow back. If you got this word, raise your hand. We fall down. We get up. We fall down. We get up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? For a saint is just a sinner who fell down. And God, 
I can't stand religious environments that, that are lacking grace and mercy that make it seem like we've never been through anything and then like you've never ever made a mistake in your life like oh like you've ne- no I love to be I love to be in a kind of environment where people are crazy about praise and the people that are crazier about praise are the people that but God up Woo. all right you got the word raise your hand 